All right, guys, what is going on? I'm here with Jill again. We're going to do a little coaches Q&A with some frequently asked questions that we get a lot. Uh, we just wanted to go through and answer some of those to provide you guys some benefit and some clarity, help you not drive yourself nuts trying to decide what to do and when. So, Jill, if you want to start with, A, how's your day going? What's up with life? How's prep? And then we'll dive into some questions. Yeah, life is, you know, life. Um, I've been hitting a plateau recently, which yeah. I'm sure we can all relate. Uh, I'm literally like banging my head into the wall trying to get my weight to move, but it's fine. We're fine. Um, we got a big uh, change in cardio this week too. So uh, it's going to get a little freaky in the next few weeks, which I'm excited for. Um, like one thing we can even start talking about is people always get worried about a plateau. Oh like, yeah. Oh, I changed macros and like my weight's not moving. Like I'm broken or something's wrong or whatever. Um, yeah. When that's actually quite normal and it's going to happen. So do you want to talk a little bit about your plateau and I can talk about Oh that? yeah. 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 So, um, I've, I mean, I can pretty much expect this at some point during preps, uh, mm -hmm. at this point, you know, my last couple seasons I basically plateaued at the same weight so it gets pretty predictable with me this time around I'm a little bit higher uh, hitting this plateau but um, more often than not they're going to be frustrating no matter who you are no matter how experienced you are they're always going to be pretty frustrating uh, and the only thing you can really do is just power through and stay consistent and trust the process because at some point something's going to give and your body will start responding again, um, whether it be after you make some, some more changes and adjustments, or if you just give it another week and let your body kind of adjust. Um, but this time around, I'm, I've been jumping between, you know, 120 and 121, um, even like a little bit higher than 121, which is also annoying because, you know, up until this point, it's been pretty predictable when I would hit a low weight. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that's, I've been able to tell that with, you know, oh, if I hit the same weight a few days in a row, I know I'm going to drop. So at this point, um, there's a lot more playing into this as well, just because my cycle is coming up, um, which also throws stuff off. Um, personally, I get a lot of like GI discomfort and bloating and uh, just like I get weird pains on like my right side from when I had my IUD. And that always comes up during my cycle as well. So I have a lot at play this week. Um, on top of like just hitting this plateau for the past couple of weeks. So it's been a frustrating week for sure. Um, but, you know, with the changes we're making and powering through this week, I know that I just have to kind of give it some time. And if we have to be even more aggressive, then that's what we have to do. But um, plateaus are totally normal. And, you know, if your body, your body basically doesn't give a shit if you're shredded or not. Um, it's going to fight you, uh, as much as it possibly can, whether you're super adaptive, adaptive, or if you have a few weeks where you're responding, um, it's going to happen at some point. So whether or not you're dieting for a show or just lifestyle, uh, you're, you're bound to come up on a few weeks where nothing happens. And that's kind of where you have to be even more consistent and trust the process because you know just because you have a week or two where nothing moves doesn't mean you're a failure or you're doing anything wrong it's just because your body's doing what it should be <laughs> um it's trying to survive and it's uncomfortable so yeah plateaus are totally normal and it doesn't mean that you know it, you shouldn't be disappointed in yourself or feel bad for hitting a plateau at all because i know some of my clients i've had talks with them where you know they kind of said oh I didn't even want to weigh in this week like my weight went up or like nothing's moving and I just feel like shit and I'm so unmotivated and um this stuff is this stuff is to be expected so it doesn't tell it doesn't tell me anything about you or um you know the effort you're putting in it's pretty much just what we have to power through and you know work through when we get to it yeah and for so for me um, I think that it's really important and you said as when you especially for competitors the more that you diet um, within a season you'll see that your sticking points are kind of consistent um, and so familiarizing yourself with that um, is is something that will give you kind of peace of mind 
on the flip side for me coming down from a weight that I've never been at, I'm at a sticking point that I've never had to push through. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's kind of interesting to me, but, uh, to give you guys a little bit of like perspective and insight too, is initially a lot of people will get excited when they first started, start dieting, that the weight will just kind of be moving. Um, as you decrease the amount of body fat that you have, the rate at which you lose it is going to slow down. Mm -hmm. you have less to lose, it's going to be a little bit harder to get off. Um, your body's going to want to hold on to it. So a lot of people will get caught up in, oh, I was losing weight so much in the last three, four weeks, and now I'm it's not, I'm moving like two point two pounds, and like something's wrong, and like what am I doing wrong? And it's not that you're doing anything wrong, is that there's less body fat for you to be losing at this point, and so the rate at which you're going to lose it is going to be slow, and it should be, especially if you. Your goal is to maintain your lean body mass through a dieting phase, um, losing too much weight too fast. Again, depending on your current body composition and the amount that you have to lose, uh, you want to be smart and very mindful that you're not just crash dieting and kind of becoming super catabolic and breaking down the muscle tissue that you've worked really hard to grow. So um, keeping that in mind when you're dieting is really important because it's not just about the weight loss and weight loss can also be a bad thing. Um, you know, if you're at a point where you're losing weight and compromising again, lean body mass, skeletal muscle, things that take a lot longer to put on than it does to lose body fat. Um, and plateaus are going to be, it's not like anything is wrong. It's actually, uh, one of the best parts of prepping is that mental fortitude required to be like, okay, I need to be a little bit more patient. I just need to keep being consistent. You know, the scale might even jump up and that can be mentally really hard when you know you're executing and you're like, okay, well, fuck me. I'm just like, whatever. Like, you know, my scale's broken up. I'll carry it around the house and like put it in different places and make sure it's, you know, calibrated and like fucking A. Um, Literally ordered a new scale before during the prep. (laughs) Because I'm just like, this has to be broken. And it wasn't, but... Yeah, and it's just one of those things where the body is weird and it's going to do different things. And the more that you stress about it, the worse it's going to be for you. Um, so just literally what I'll do is I have a to-do list and I just check the boxes every day. And I'm like, okay, I did that. The work is done. Like, what's going to happen? You know, and that's why it's yeah. so important to have someone kind of walk you through and guide you through it. Uh, someone that you trust and you know is doing what's right for you. Um, because at the end of the day, it's not your call. It's it's your job to do the work, but it's not on you to make the call. And that's where I think it's it gives me at least a lot of peace of mind um, with coaching and, and prepping and dieting like that. Because I'm, excuse me, um, I'm the type of person that would be like, oh, well, my weight's up. I'm going to go do another 30, 40 minutes of cardio. Like, and that's not always better, right? More is not mm-hmm. And it's, that's why I just, I can't emphasize enough, like the importance of being able to be around people that have your best interest, <clears throat> know what they're doing and aren't afraid to push you, but also are like, Hey, this is the time we need to actually pull back a little bit. Um, so that's what I want to say about plateaus, but continue with your story about breath. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping, you know, we'll break into the teens at some point. Uh, that's kind of no, that's where I, you know, in the past, I kind of get that whoosh effect where things do get kind of easy in the sense that like once I get rolling after this plateau, I get rolling. Um, And that's kind of just how it goes for me. Like it's just like slowly chipping away. I hit this big plateau and then whoosh. So if I'm, you know, still as predictable as I have been in the past, that's kind of what I'm expecting. I'm obviously not going to hold myself to that because, you know, shit changes. But um, yeah, I kind of struggled with, you know, I've started struggling with those feelings of like, am I going to be ready? Am I going to be ready? And I don't want to stress about that because honestly, I don't need the extra stress on top of, you know, what my body's kind of like figuring out this week. So um, it's kind of hard to kind of uh, separate myself from those feelings. And you know what? I, you know, I talked to Lauren about this as well. I was like, oh, you know, I just feel like this is right around the corner and blah, blah, blah. And she said like, we literally like dropped 20 something pounds. 21, 20 pounds, relatively, you know, quote unquote, easy. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously, like my food is lower than, than, you know, anyone else's, I guess, or my cardio is at a good amount. So, but we didn't have to make any changes for a long time is what I'm saying. And that's kind of where I get, you know, the quote unquote, easy from where, you know, those 20 ish pounds just like dropped off pretty easily week by week chipping away. And, you know, she said, we did that without much change so this was bound to happen at some point where we're kind of stalled um and we just kind of have to you know push through it here because we know 
that I hit a plateau at some point. So, you know, I, I'm keeping that in perspective where it's like, dude, I already dropped like 20 pounds and that's mm-hmm. fucking awesome and I feel amazing. So this is the point in prep where it's time to really just like grind and, you know, yeah, yeah. Just stepping it up a notch here, which is the fun part. Yes, <laughs> so it's the grind so. and the mental fortitude. It's like, this is where shit gets real. Like, yeah, it's funny. People are like, oh, I died and I'm only doing this and I'm eating all that. And I'm like, um, I think one of the, the most important things to talk about that's not really talked about is that death phase. And everybody goes through it where you have to push. Um, mm-hmm. I don't care like how conditioned you may or may not be at some point during that phase of your diet, you're going to have to step it up. You're going to be low calorie, your cardio is going to get high and you either do the work or you don't. Um, and a lot of people will think that it's bad to do an hour of cardio. For instance, like pushing through my plateau right now, like I am doing well over 60 minutes, um, to get through that. And like, that's just what I want to do. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not a dictatorship between coaches and clients. It's, hey, this is where we're at. What do you want to do? And you either sign up and you're like, yo, fucking kill me because that's what I said. I'm like, I want, I really want to get through this. Like I'm motivated a lot. Like my vot- motivation is high and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to feel like absolute dog trash and get shredded. Like that's where I am mentally. Um, and a lot of people can't do that. And I also think that just because you can't do that, if you can't follow through with the prep, if you need to kind of pull back and say, hey, maybe this isn't the time or place, like that's okay too. You're not failing. You would be doing a lot more disservice to your mental state by trying to push through something you're not committed to. Yeah, absolutely. And then that's just going to have like, it's going to make you feel like shit down the road as well if you just kind of push through and then you're not prepared for the changes afterwards or, you know, that transition, Um, especially if you weren't, you know, adherent or in it from the start, you know? Yeah. And adherence is huge. It's, it's not easy. Like people are like, Oh, I was hungry. Well, no shit. You were hungry. (laughs) And like, that sounds like, and I don't mean it to sound like, but it's like, again, if you have to know what you're signing up for, you have to know Mm -hmm. what you're getting yourself into. And without that awareness, um, you're going to be going through a lot of mental fights and battles and yeah. physiological battles as well, because it's not just a diet. It's not uh-huh. just, like, hey, I kind of want to lose five pounds. It's like, hey, I want to get really uncomfortable, push the leanest of my physique is capable of becoming, and then try to maintain that. Like, that is hard. And I don't mean like maintaining yeah. for a long time, but I mean like through a dieting phase, you're just pushing to get leaner and leaner. Um, and then you obviously need to come out of it. But at some point, it's like, that's going to happen. Your food focus is going to be elevated. Your sleep is going to be impacted. Like yeah. your hunger is going to be, you're going to be insatiable. You're going to eat and then want to eat more. Like it's, that's a part of the entire process. And you have to be like, okay, this feeling sucks so bad, but it's part of it. So we're just going to keep yeah. going. Like I'm in the zone. I'm in the uncomfortable zone. <laughs> we're pushing it right there. And that's where changes happen. Honestly, once you're, once you're fucking uncomfortable, that's where shit is going to get real. So I get and that's, I'm like, Ooh, oh, I'm yeah. Hungry right now. Like, let's go. <laughs> yeah, part of me is just like, I just want that feeling of just like, I don't know. Like I, I remember like, those deep in prep feels of just, you know, standing around and just feeling like, oh my God, my waist is like non-existent. That's so weird. But like, you know, just those like hungry, like those test days pretty much where you're like, oh, why am I doing this again? (laughs) So, but that, this is also where I hope a lot of people know what they're getting into when they do sign up, because I feel like a lot of people can come from a place of like, you know, we talked about this on the round table as well, you know, oh, I just, I've always wanted to do it. It's like, okay, but it's not a walk in the park. This is not a regular diet. This is not going to the beach. This is something where, you know, down the line, deep into prep, you're going to be uncomfortable and you're going to be hungry and you're going to eat a meal and then just want to eat your next meal like five minutes after. So this is kind of where I hope a lot of people do their research and, you know, actually look into what's required for a prep and where you should be before you start a prep, um, which is actually, you know, a good transition into that next question I had. Mm-hmm. Um, what I get all the time is, you know, how do I know if I'm like good to go for a prep? Uh, you know, how would you answer that? Yeah. So for me, it's, okay, I need to know the person's dieting history. Um, 
like where you're at with that. You need to have a period of time where you're in a maintenance or surplus phase for quite a while, making sure that all metabolic functions are like primed and ready to go, that we're ready to respond. Um, because the biggest thing that I see is people are afraid to take time off for stupid reasons, um, mostly that have nothing to do with their overarching health and wellness. Um, and so making sure that I'm coming to work with someone who has put in the time. Um, again, if they're a seasoned competitor, it's what was your feedback? What did you need to improve? Did we improve on that? Because if we didn't, there's no point in dieting. You're not going to bring anything different to what the judging panel is looking for based on what you brought last time. Um, so that kind of feedback is really important. And then I think one thing that's really um, under-acknowledged is what's going on in your life? What life events do you have coming up? Where is your stress? Where is your time spent? Um, and then of course, like the habits of being successful in a prep. Um, how are you with tracking? Are you being adherent in your off season? I think it's really important to have kind of a maintenance phase before we even implement a deficit of like, can we be adherent? Can we hit our, all of our macros? Are we getting plenty of sleep? How is our water intake? Like if you're only drinking 70 ounces, we're going to need more than that, you know? Um, mm -hmm. and paying attention to all those things and, and stress management, I think is ridiculously large. I just had a phone call with one of my clients who's going to do her first prep. Um, and she's someone that struggles with anxiety. You know, I was talking to her and I was like, we've done really well at managing this. Um, and I want you to keep it up, but the next four weeks we're going to focus on maintenance and it's not really going to be about macros and tracking. It's going to be about when you're stressed, how are we going to manage that? Can we get in a system and a habit to be like, okay, this is how I'm going to decompress when life kicks me and I'm overwhelmed and I'm hungry and now I'm physiologically stressed as well. This is what I'm going to turn to. These are my outlets. These are my options. And being able to manage that because everything when you're dieting is amplified. It's going to feel massive. Mm -hmm. It's going to feel like it's crashing on your shoulders sometimes. You're going to feel like absolute death. You're like, I'm not sure if I'm going to make it through today. Like that's that's how you feel. And so if you can't manage that mentally, um, that's that's huge. And you aren't going to be successful um, in the fact that you're just going to have so much stress. It will probably lead to some mis uh, or lack of adherence to what you need to be doing because then mentally you're making excuses up or stories in your head or, you know, things like that. Whereas if you can't ground yourself in some manner or have a coach or a friend or someone that can help you work through that, uh, you're going to struggle. Yeah, absolutely. You know, those outside habits, they're even more important when you are dieting because if you suck at, you know, time and like managing your time or, you know, hitting your macros or at least like getting your priorities sorted when you diet, it's not going to get any better. So, yeah. you know, I, I've been there myself, you know, my off season, I had like, you know, an untracked meal a week and, you know, I would leave the house with no food at all, just unprepared. Cause I'm like, I have enough macros. I can make whatever work, but mm -hmm. that's not going to fly when you're in prep. Mm -hmm. When you're eating, you know, as much carbs as I'm eating now, I'm not leaving the house without a meal on me. If I'm going to be out for a few hours, um, no way. So you're just, that's setting you up for failure if you don't have those habits already established. So same thing with, you know, the tracking consistency and the adherence to, you know, your, the gym and your cardio, all that stuff. It all translates over when we start that dieting phase, because just because, you know, you're dieting, it doesn't mean you're going to instantly improve those habits. It's not going to make you more adherent. It's not like a magic cure. It's it's not a Band-Aid for that stuff. That stuff you have to develop in the off-season and stuff you have to really hammer down uh, while you have, you know, the macros for it, obviously, you know, just hammering down the consistency. And when you, you know, spend ample time out of a dieting phase and really, you know, cultivate that discipline where you're like, this is important to me. I have, you know, a plan set up for the week. I have my non-negotiables planned out, all that stuff. So when you actually do, you know, cut calories and add cardio, it's a smooth transition because you already have those in place. Yeah. It's not like, oh, I got to clean up this, that, this, that. This, yeah. That. It's like, oh, I've already had all these things. Oh, cool. We're going to add a little bit more cardio here. That's fine. I'll plan that in my day. Oh, we're going to cut calories here. Okay. I need to meal prep this, but I've already been meal prepping, right? So we've already yeah. got those habits. Um cleaned up and, and ready to go. So I think that that's, yeah, it's definitely huge. And I'll say another thing that I see people struggle with is it's really easy to stay adherent and motivated when you're seeing the progress you want to see. It's very hard to stay motivated and adherent when nothing's happening. 
And you have to be very aware that that's a part of the process, um, that things are going to go backwards. It's not linear. Um, It's not like, okay, and this is where I get kind of frustrated by people who are like, oh, I just energy and energy out. Okay, I should be moving. Like, it's not moving. What's happening? I'm broken. I'm wrong. My metabolism is shit. I'm dying. I don't know. and then you'll be like, well, fuck it. I, then you'll start, especially when you're dieting, your brain will go, I need a refeed. Maybe I just yeah. need some food. Maybe I just need this, right? And you'll start, especially, like I said, your body wants to survive. So if it can talk you into eating more food, that's where you get yourself in trouble and you find yourself fist deep in a peanut butter jar. I mean, mm-hmm. that's where you have to be like, no, my coach said this. I'm trusting this process. Like, I'm not going to make shit up in my head. Um, because that's going to happen. Like you are going to have those thoughts. Like it's, it's inevitable. Uh, but you have to be like, Whoa, Nelly, like, <laughs> right. Like we're going to chill out and, and not do that. And that that's hard. And especially when you're not seeing the progress and everyone's like, you know, it, it, there are so many opinions out there and this is where it's like, it's so important, whoever you work with, that you yeah. ask that person because every coach is going to tell you something different. Every coach is going to have a different philosophy for the most part, especially if you're looking like wide stream. And there's a lot of extremists out there. Um, and it's just like you have to 110% trust, believe in the person in the process that you've committed yourself to. If you don't, you shouldn't be working with that person. If you aren't executing the plan that you guys have put together, then you're doing them and yourself a disservice. Okay. Because now, based on what they're going to see, the data that they have or the information that you're giving them isn't true. Mm-hmm. And and if it's not transparent, then they're not going to be aware of the full picture of what's going on and be able to make proper adjustments for you. Um, so, you know, that's, that's the stuff that you have to accept um, or prep yourself and good luck mentally, you know, getting through that. That's quite hard. Yeah. something that I could not do. Yeah, I don't think I could do that either. I just convinced myself, you know what, you can keep these macros for another week. And then when in reality, I need to make a big cut. So... Uh, I could totally see myself doing that, just like yeah, I would be like I, I prolonging would be like, it. Rapid fat loss for my entire prep. I just go, mm, I'm gonna crash diet. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! And it's hard. Yeah. You know better, and oh and yeah, you're like knowledgeable enough, and you have to practice, and you tell your clients this. But when it comes to evaluating yourself, and I've talked about this before, as I think that there is just a level of disordered thoughts and and views of yourself when you're dieting especially when you've seen yourself super lean already and you're coming back to try to get back to that you can be a little over aggressive or maybe under aggressive depending on your personality mm-hmm. um, that's why it's just so hard to be very objective when you look at your yeah. physique that's kind of why like coaches need coaches too you know we need people to look at us we need people to be objective like dude we need to make a big jump here in cardio and x y and z um and also another point that I feel like it's relevant now, but I mean, at least from what I've seen in at least preparing for a prep or seeing if you're ready to, you know, get stage lean and jump on stage is just your training history. Um, I know there are a lot of people who say they've been, oh, you know, I've been exercising for like three years, but have you been training and lifting and eating in a surplus to actually put on a foundation of muscle mass? No, more often than not, no. So that's kind of something I like to look at as well to see if like there's anything even underneath there to show when we do get on stage. Because if you have little muscle mass, you're just going to compromise that when going through a strict dieting phase. So that's something else to consider as well. If, you know, I would say at least like, you know, at least two to three, maybe three years of training under your belt. Yeah. And, and the, it's going to, yeah, it's absolutely, it's absolutely based on where the client is at. Oh yeah. So if it's someone, you know, who just is the type of person that can look at a weight and put on muscle and I'm like, mm-hmm. like we've got shape. We, we just need to diet some of that body fat off, but you're going to be okay. Yeah. Or it's someone who's like just small and, and hard gainer. And it's like, this sucks, but like, we got to stop with the cardio. We got to put in the food. We got to resistance train our asses off, you know, and the environment that you respond in is very different per person. And I think this is one thing people get caught up in, um, is people are like, Oh, I don't want to have X amount of body fat. But for some people it's required for them to put on lean body mass with that added body fat. Like their body is not in a place where it's environment 
environmentally happy to promote that type of adaptation. Whereas if people are trying to stay lean because they feel that pressure, and then, but their goal is to grow and they're cutting calories and doing extra things on the side, you're only inhibiting the prog mm -hmm. progress that you want to see. So I think that this is where you have to look at your overarching goal and what it is in is, is not what you're willing to do. Like you just have to kind of suck it up and that's hard. Uh, I know I've been there. Like, yes, I had to put on a good amount of body fat in this off season, but I also saw a really good amount of growth. And that mm -hmm. for me now I know I'm like, okay, if I want to be in a growing phase, I need to be kind of around here as far as body fat percentage. Um, and then just kind of keep training and executing. And when the time comes, I'm telling you guys, I know it's not easy, but body fat will come off mm -hmm. faster then muscle will be grown. Like that yeah. is the truth, especially as a natural athlete. And so that's something that you have to accept. You're going to have to put body fat on. You're going to have to train for a while. You're going to have to be patient. Um, and then, you know, in order to make progress, that's, that's how it is. Yeah. Uh, so just yeah. understand where your body's at, where it needs to be in order to respond to whatever stimulus you're giving it um, mm -hmm. and invest in people that you believe are going to get you there. Knowledgeable people that know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, this, that discomfort, you know, it brings me back all the way to, you know, what year was it? <laughs> I don't know, maybe like 2013, 2014, when I first started uh, lifting. And I, at the time, was pretty underweight. I was actually like what my old stage weight was. I was around like 105, 106. Um, so I hadn't been lifting weight. So I was pretty frail. I didn't really look athletic. I was just like tiny. Um, and I knew like, I can't keep eating, you know, 1200 calories a day. I need to eat more. Um, because at that point I was in that little limbo where, you know, I, I'm like, how do I maintain this weight loss without, you know, continuing to diet? So I essentially <laughs> reverse dieted myself in a way. Um, I got into the gym and it was uncomfortable at first mentally. Cause I'm just like, this seems so counterintuitive, but I know like, if I have to put on weight, like I do want to put on muscle mass because I don't want to look like I'm not athletic. So that transition for me from going, you know, from 105, 106 to around, I would say 120 ish, 125. Um, obviously that's a big change for someone doing it on their own. Uh, and that, you know, I feel like if I didn't go through that, I would not like not have such an easy time now kind of accepting like, these changes are necessary because in my head, I knew I'm not going to, I don't want to live on low calories, you know, and I want to train, I want to feel good. And if this is what I have to do with my diet and training uh, to get there, and then from there, like I'll be in such a better position, you know, having muscle mass and resistance training and being strong, then that's what I have to do. So honestly, like I, we can go into that, like both of our stories in like a different podcast. So I'm not going to go into like all that detail, but it kind of just reminds me of like everyone has to be uncomfortable at some point. And it really, it depends on where you're starting, depends on, you know, maybe who you're working with, what you, what your first prep was like. I've heard like horror stories, but we've all got to be uncomfortable at some point. And while it's hard to push through it, you know, if you have that long-term goal in your head and you know, this vision of where you want to be, this is something you got to have to power through. Yeah. And it's one of those things where I think people love. So if you post a transformation page, like I posted one yesterday and it was like, if people were to get caught up in the scale, like that client of mine, we only really dieted for four weeks. A lot of it was just body recomp and maintaining calories. Mm -hmm. She only lost five pounds, but it was five pounds of body fat based on her, you know, tests that she had gotten done. Mm -hmm. Everyone's like, Oh, I want to look like that. Oh, I want results like that. But you don't want to get uncomfortable and put in the work. Yeah. That. And so it's glamorous on the outside, right? That transformation. It's like, Oh, I want to look like that it was hard for her at points and it was, it was a struggle mentally for her at points and she had to show up and do that work. And so it's like, you know, you have to understand that you see a transformation and it looks glorious and you think it's, you're just going to walk in and it's going to happen to you. Like your genetics are going to be different than anybody else's and the stimulus required for you to get there is also going to be different. And so while it looks sexy and it's like, Oh yeah, transformation Tuesday and this person did this in this amount of time. And while it's wonderful, that person's story, they also struggled. They had to show up every day. They had to check the boxes. They got really uncomfortable at points. And it was like, what the fuck? Why am I doing this? And then on the other side, when you come out of it, you're like, wow, I'm proud I did that. But you have to be able to weather the storm. And that's something that you have to bundle up for and like be prepared for. And it's like I said, the level, and like you've said, the level of discomfort 
per person based on their genetics is going to be different. Yeah. It also, it depends on like where you're starting too. And just like, you know, the, the people you surround yourself with too. Cause I feel like, you know, social media can exactly. easily just make people believe that it, this is all sunshine and rainbows. And I can easily post a transformation of, you know, when I was 180 pounds next to where I'm at now or next to like a stage photo. And it's easy to be like, oh, well, like, look at how great she is. Like, oh my God, like just like all in one go. No, this is like, uh, how long now? I feel like 10 years or so of challenges and struggle and mental, like mental battles you have to go through to even like, just, I don't know, for me, at least it was just a lot of ups and downs and ups and downs weight wise and mentally. So it's not, not as easy as a, oh, before and after, you know, five weeks, easy peasy. No. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Calories fucking got low. Cardio really got high at some point. Like, you know, and it's like, I just think people don't really understand. They, you know, until you actually go through it and you do it yourself and you're like, holy shit, this sucks. Like, but it's awesome at the same time mm-hmm. and crazy like us. Uh, it's yeah. Awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. It's just like you, I think that you're setting yourself up with unrealistic expectations when you aren't given perspective on what it actually takes to get there. Um, and that's why I think it's super important for coaches to talk about like the unconventional shit that clients actually have to do to get shredded. Um, even lifestyle clients. Yeah. They have a client that I've worked with for, years now and she's lost a ton of weight i had to meet her where she was at she was keto at first um you know and i wasn't like oh i think carbs are better we're just gonna throw carbs at you no i had to work with her mentally to get through that battle of you know carbs are bad because you know the media will tell you these things she had to get really uncomfortable a lot of the time cardio got really high for a period of time calories were moderately low and you know now she's a carb burning machine she's eating well over 200 you know and and starting to build muscle for prep in the future but it's been two three years of this it's a it's a long long process um and that's not sexy to tell people it's it's not it's like hey we can get you there but it's gonna take a couple of years like bitch what <laughs> <laughs> you know I, did, I signed up for a 30-day challenge what are you talking about yeah and that's where it's uh, it's hard dude it's hard um, I have a question though. So here's three. Mm-hmm. Um, when to stop taking creatine during a bikini prep? Uh, okay. So I don't think you really need to, but uh, maybe, I mean, I can't really speak on this just because I don't have creatine on me right now. So I haven't been using it. So maybe you can answer this one. <laughs> yeah. So uh, creatine, I don't ever cycle off of. I think that if it's something that you're acclimated to, especially if you've been using it consistently and you don't see any issues with it, I, I like to keep it in. Um, you know, it, it does. Yeah, I wouldn't, you know, throw it in as you're like four, three weeks out. That's yeah. definitely not something you want to do. I would be creating loading in the middle of your path. Uh-huh. Yeah. Manipulating yourself that way. Um, because it does, you know, impact the scale. It does. It's mm-hmm. going to increase. It's just going to pull water. Um, the cool thing about it is if you're lean enough and you are using creatine, you could creatine load, um, and pull more muscle or more glycogen in the water into the muscle, which might make you look a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, that's going to be dependent on the person, the amount of muscle that they have. And again, if you're using it in a quality one, um, in that you don't have any kind of weird side effects, some people do hold water. It, it just makes them look a little bit soft. Um, and so at that point I'll have them take it out, but some people use it and they use it just fine. And, you know, I, I, I can't speak to the quality of every supplement company because that would take me a long time. Um, but you know, if you're using something and it's, it's working well, if it's something that you keep in, I, I don't really manipulate my supplements, um, during a prep. I don't really mm-hmm. take anything out. Um, I will add things in as I go, which I think is a cool topic because a lot of people, yeah. they get really caught up in supplements and there's definitely like a tier of supplements and when to use them and why to use them instead of just kind of going balls deep with every supplement in the world. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that's my thoughts on, on creatine. I think that if you're taking it in your off season, if you're taking it while dieting, um, and you're not seeing any weird side effects, then just keep it in consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're someone who doesn't use it, I wouldn't say throw it in because you don't know what it's going to do. And yeah. if you're someone who is dieting for stage, it's probably going to fuck with you mentally. Um, the scale going different places, your body composition might shift. Um, so I would just keep it out. Um, and then ask your coach 
uh, you know, yeah. if, they have, if you're using it and they want you to keep it in or remove it or, you know, try different types of things with creating loading and sodium, um, you know, you could play around with that. But overall, I would say just keep your supplements consistent. And then if you are wanting to add or subtract things, talk to your coach. Yeah. <laughs> what she said. So do you want me to go next to you? Yeah, you can go. So, um, okay. So how do you stay motivated? Uh, for me, I, okay. But I'm like ridiculous. I'm crazy. Like, I just need to throw that out there for people. <laughs> not, I'm not a, um, I have no chill when it comes to these types of things. I'm very much an all or nothing type of person. And I'm very passionate about the things that I do. I am a very passionate person and I, it can be a gift and a curse. Like it's not one of, it's, it's not my, it's a good trait that I have, but it's also mm -hmm. my greatest weakness. Um, as a person overall, there's just kind of that ebb and flow where when I'm in, I'm like all in and I'm willing to do whatever the fuck it takes. Um, and this is with everything. And so it can get me really, really invested in things where I kind of other things in my life will suffer. And that happened in my last prep. So just being very transparent, you know, I had relationships that suffered. Um, I had, you know, mental parts of myself that kind of suffered. And so this time around, I'm really focusing on trying to maintain as much balance with that while prep is a priority and I'm going to get my work done. That doesn't mean that other things in my life have to suffer. So me being motivated is I have very clear goals. I know what the overarching thing is that I'm aiming for. I've kind of cleared up the clutter within my path so that I can get there from A to B. And I have a clear plan and a good relationship with the person that I'm working with so that I feel like I'm on the same page. We're pushing together. I'm doing the things. I'm checking the boxes. I'm, I, I just know that this is the time for me. And I think that when it comes to deciding for a prep, you're either in or you're out. You can't be half-stepping it because you're not going to show up for yourself and then you're going to be wasting your time. So when I decided to pull the, the trigger and do this, I knew I was all in. I knew there was no talking me out of it. I knew that I had kind of cleaned up the mental and personal things in my life that I needed to. And I came to a mindset where, you know, this prep really is about me and it's not for anybody else. And I don't really give a shit um, what anybody else has to say or think about it because it's not for them. It's not for, you know, status. It's not for the vanity. It's for me. And I couldn't be more excited about it. And when you come from a place when you're making decisions and you're putting in a lot of effort for something that's going to benefit you as a person and makes you feel empowered and strong and resilient and tests you, but makes you better. Like, I think that that's where motivation isn't going to lack. Now there are days I'm going to feel like absolute dog trash and be like, why the <laughs> fuck am I doing this? So not every day is going to be sunshine and rainbows. And you have to know that going into it. But at the same time, when you have a very clear why, and you know what you're doing, why you're doing it and what your overarching goal is with that and what the return is on that investment, you have that clarity to push through even when you don't feel like it. So for me, it just comes from understanding myself to a level where I am very in tune with my mental thoughts, my thought patterns, my goals, my, my everything when it comes to this decision. I've never had so much clarity in what I'm doing and why. And, and that's where it's, it's easy for me to be like, yep, you want to do this? Cool. Like, I'm good. Like, throw it at me. I'll, I'll die. Like, <laughs> um, and, and I think that's different for everyone um, as far as motivation is con concerned. But I, I just, it's, it's a feeling and it's, it's a deep pitted decision where you're just like pulled to do something, pulled to action. And, and that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. I feel the same way with kind of like when you're in, you're in and nothing can really change my mind. Nothing can, you know, deter me. If something comes up during the week, I'm still going to get my shit done. And that's kind of where I'm at right now as well. And, you know, in all my previous preps, um, I do think I, I could have let, you know, shit suffer in my previous preps. Um, and that's just, you know, I guess part of that is just not being as experienced with balancing shit out and that's normal, but you learn from that and you can make the next prep better in that sense. Um, but also I'm just not, I'm not going to be super motivated all the time, but that's kind of where, again, you know, like you said, 
having a clear why and really keeping that goal visualized in your head um, allows you to push through and just establish discipline within yourself to do what you need to do because you know it's going to make you better. It's, you know it's going to put you another day um, closer to that goal that you have. And, you know, sometimes, you know, it's just doing shit you don't want to do in the moment because, you know, you have a goal and you want to be better. So that's kind of, you know, I always go back to discipline over motivation and, you know, discipline is going to carry you through when motivation is lacking. Yeah. I 110% like discipline is I think one of the best things about bodybuilding in general, so if you don't know my background, I played division one sports in college and you have a team, you have a coach, you have people paying attention to, are you in class? Are you doing your work? Are you showing up to practice? Are you getting in your, your jump shots? Are you going into, you know, strength and conditioning? You have people paying attention, right? You have the roommate that's like, yo, get your ass to practice. You know, coach is here, blah, blah, blah. Bodybuilding, no one gives a shit. You check in with your coach you either tell them the truth or you don't. You either make the adjustments or you don't. You either execute or you don't. And I love that challenge because it's like, it comes back on you, right? It's, it's when your coach tells you to chill, are you actually chilling? Like mm. that's one of the hardest things. Honestly, when, when people tell you to push, it's like, yeah, everybody's going to push in bodybuilding. Like we're all out here, like balls deep, you know, when you're being told to pull back, and people are like, oh, I'm working harder than you at work crew, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And you feel like you're, you're, you're not working hard enough. Like that's where it's like, I'm doing what's best for me. Yeah. Off and like, yeah, this fucking is hard to not do shit or, or eat more when you feel like you have to eat less or something like that. Like, I think that's stuff where people don't acknowledge, like that's the flip side. That's fucking hard too. Um, it's it's just like, so you get to know yourself on a completely different level, like what it is you're capable of doing, what it is that keeps you going mentally and physically, what it is that you lack mentally for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, and it it doesn't come back on anybody but yourself. Like when you step under those lights on that stage, like, you know, the work you put in, you know, whether you did or not. And it's like, that's where I think people either feel like they succeeded or lost at least I think they should is if you step out there knowing you gave everything you got, I don't care if your first or last call outs and you brought your, Mm -hmm. you did that work. You need to be proud of that. Yeah. You know, if you come out first and you're like, yeah, I fucking half stepped it and this, that Well, I mean, at the end of the day, I I believe that that will come full circle. um, And someone will outwork you good or bad, you know, listening to their coach um, and they will shine over you because it's not while fitness in in the industry is definitely ego driven and there's a lot of vanity in it um the success and i think that the overarching beauty in bodybuilding is the way that it makes you so in tune with yourself and the way that you can present yourself without having to say anything and i think that's beautiful i mean Mm -hmm. that's something that's kind of overlooked like you look at the best girls and yes they're in shape some of them are shredded as fuck some of them are not but you watch them and it's, it's their ability to present themselves, say, you know, who they are, make you look at them and they don't have to say a damn thing, you know? And I think, you know, that's my biggest goal is, is just being able to, to be captivating in my own way when I step under those lights. And I know that my confidence comes from being that person that checked the boxes, that did the work, that has shown up every day for myself and my goals. Um, that's where I think that when you step out there, like, it's exciting and it's, it's go time. And it's just like, let, let it shine, you know, let them see you and your work and and be proud of that. Yeah. That's like my favorite part. Just like, I don't know. I feel like I have like this whole other persona that takes over when I'm on stage and you know, when I, obviously most of the work is, you know, throughout prep itself and something kind of along the lines of like what you said is, you know, when I'm doing cardio, when I'm posing, you know, I'm thinking about what would first call outs do, you know, I'm going to, like, I'm going to do this cardio, I'm going to sit on this treadmill or elliptical or whatever the hell I'm doing that day. And I'm going to be here for the entire 45 minutes to an hour, because that's what first call outs would do. And someone out there can easily outwork me. So I'm going to do what I need to do to my 150% uh, and control everything I can 
because when I step on stage, I'm going to know that my work is going to show and no one's going to do that work for me. I'm getting that, you know, cardio prescribed. I'm getting my macros given to me, but it's up to me to carry that through and execute each and every day. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's funny. I had someone DM me the other day and basically be like, you're going to get your ass kicked and stuff on stage, you know, trolling. And it's funny because, you know, my response was, um, number one, you've never competed. So I thank you for your unsolicited opinion. And number two, like, I don't walk out there with the expectation to win. I want like, and I think people will get this confused. It, it's not that I don't want to win. And it's not that I don't believe that I can, is I don't expect yeah. um, to give me something. I will no at some point. Yeah. Right? No one's entitled. You're a standout person at some point. And I think that what's meant for you will never pass you. So I know that if I don't ever quit, I will never lose. I will never, you know, not get there. It's inevitable. Like I have to, it will, it will happen for me. Um, but I don't do the sport for the trophy. I don't do the sport for the judges to give me a slap on my ass. I don't do it for, you know, people to be like, oh my God, she's this and that. Like, that's what I mean. Like my clarity for my reasons for doing it this time around are so different than they have been before. And mentally I'm in a place where I'm, I'm loving it for myself, for the changes that I've made, for the things that I overcame, you know, in the last year and a half of my life. And that's what's exciting for me. Like I, I know I know, like inherently, I know it will be my absolute best when I step out there. Like I have no doubt about that. I'm more confident than I've ever been in that. And me saying that doesn't mean I'm going to win the overall. Like that means, I, I, that, I think that's where it's like, you have to come to your expectations need to be things that you can control. It needs to be things within your psyche and yourself that you're like, I'm going to do this because I can control this. This is the outcome of what I'm doing because this is in my hands. Whereas if you've set expectations that are on other people to give to you, like you're in for a whirlwind of butthurt. Well said. Uh, <laughs> no loop. Mic drop. Boom. All right. Just like break the mic even more. It's fine. Um, oh, where did this go? Um, let's do like one more if you're down for that. Okay. I have, let me try to find a good one. Here's one that's relevant for the Super Bowl. I'll try to get this up today. Mm. Um, can I save calories for the Super Bowl? My friends are making the yum yums. Okay. <laughs> so let's just talk about kind of planning into an untracked meal. Oh yeah. Okay. I like an event coming up. So you can start with that. So I think part of this depends on the person because I know a few of my clients will get stressed out leading up to that meal and I don't want them to be stressed out um, because it's nothing really to stress out over. And I just don't think it's worth that much anxiety if you're having a meal out. So for some clients, I do recommend, you know, go about your normal day, have one or two higher protein meals, Maybe lower the carbs and fats a little bit to give some wiggle room and then go out and enjoy that untracked meal. Uh, keep it mindful, you know, make sure you prioritize protein, have a little bit of what you like. And if you want to share a dessert with a friend, do that. It's a great way to kind of enjoy what you want without feeling like you're going overboard. Um, and I, I usually stick with that approach with most of my clients, you know, the higher protein meals throughout the day, uh, keep them somewhat normal, just drop the carbs and fats a little bit and then go out and just be mindful. Um, of course, this varies on the client. I do have some where I give them not specific macros, but I give them more guidelines on those meals leading up to the untracked meal if they are a little bit more new or um, un inexperienced with those untracked meals or a little bit more anxious. So that depends on the client. Um, or another thing I try to do if my client really feels like they need it is you know they tell me where they're going or what's gonna be served and I help them kind of put together an untracked meal in a way where they're enjoying what they want, but they feel like, you know, they have some kind of structure in there to kind of ease us into that untracked meal. Yeah. So it, and like you said, it's really going to be dependent. It's context dependent as always. So um, if you are someone who is in a fat loss phase and the deficit is important, um, you know, I will say first we need to figure out, we need to plan ahead, right? Yeah. And unfortunately, there are times, and I'll just speak on like the not so sexy times, um, when if that is your goal, like let's say you're in prep, you going out and attending that event does not mean you have to put food in your mouth. Oh, um, yeah. 
your I was talking in the context of like maybe a lifestyle or someone who's not dieting, but yeah. in prep, I feel like it's going to be very different. Yeah. I'm just like playing a different, you know, mm-hmm. situation. So I know that a lot of people will be like, oh, I'm going out to eat and I had to blow my macros because I had to get this. We well, didn't have to get that. No. You chose to, and every choice that you make has a consequence. So if you choose to indulge in those things, first of all, nobody force fed you and put it in your mouth or the choice. And there are consequences to that. So you can't go out and eat something and be like, oh fuck, I'm so mad. My weight's up and this and that. Like you, that was a conscious choice yeah. made. Um, and so that's where you have to go into with a game plan. Either I'm going to enjoy this or I'm not going to. If I enjoy this, these, this is the outcome of that situation. I can't be upset about that. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to go into it with a game plan. This is my macros. This is what I'm planning on having. This is what's going to allow me to execute it. This is what's going to give me peace of mind. Okay, it might be a little up from you know sodium or whatever, but at least I was within my targets roughly mm-hmm. as, as best you could have been with an estimation. If yeah. you're someone in an off season um, and you just want to go enjoy that, but you want to be mindful again, then I would do the same approach that you did. Focus on getting protein in throughout the day, kind of budget your fats and carbs for later, make mindful choices. Um, and remember, remember, remember any social event gathering, I don't care what it is. It's not about the food. It's really not. I know that we get really hyper-focused because we're people that yeah. measure food and look <laughs> at food and, you know, our worlds can be kind of consumed by the nutritional side of it. Um, but any event is about the people and the experience and making that memory. And so if you need to have that tequila shot to make that memory, then, you know, go for it. Um, but remember that it's not going to be about the fact that you annihilated yeah. pizza at two o'clock in the morning. Um, it's going to be the memories that you made and the fun time that you had, um, with the people that you were with. Yeah. That's something that a lot of people I think fail to kind of realize or remember, um, because food is so social, um, and it sucks at the same time because it makes people put so much weight, place so much weight in the food and what they're eating. And, oh my God, I need like, you know, I need to plan or like, I can't partake or all that stuff. And at the end of the day, like if you're focusing on the time you're spending with others and the memories, then the food is just a secondary part of that, um, that you can enjoy mindfully and it's going to be there, but that's not the reason you're there. And if it is the reason you're there, (laughs) well, I've been that person too. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've definitely been that person. <laughs> I definitely went to a wedding a couple times just for the day. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure we have, we both have funny stories about that kind of stuff. Uh, we'll save that. Uh, <laughs> Open bar. What? I'm coming. <laughs> uh, oh my God. I have some funny stories for post-show. Jesus Christ. Yeah, see? And, and then that's where I'm saying like, it is the time and a place. If you want to go. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Shit, you go enjoy that shit, but understand. But no, it's your choice. Consequences to that choice. Um, yeah, you know, it's you like, oh, my hand slipped, and I just ate this, you know, pack of donuts. No, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. made that choice, right. so you have to be okay and own up to that, and then move on. Yes, absolutely. All right, guys. So this has been fun. I think we'll do more Q and A's because we get a lot of questions, and we didn't actually answer that many, but they were really good <laughs> points. Yeah, we can easily just go on about just one question, and then just. It's, it's pretty cool. It's so, but, um, yeah. yeah. So if you guys have more questions, please, um, answer my question boxes, answer Jillian's, um, and we will be glad to come onto the podcast and answer them for you. I think longer length is easier than typing shit out on Instagram, which is annoying. Um, so we'll probably use this platform going forward to do that for you guys, but yes, reach out, send us your questions, slide in the DM with appropriate things. And <laughs> we will talk to you guys next week. Peace. Bye.